Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special bonus episode of Love It or Leave It. Last night, Donald Trump, in his capacity as semi-president, addressed the nation from the Oval Office. It was carried live by the major networks because uh, no one learns anything or will take responsibility for their actions. And we live in a culture where people just do the easy thing. But that's not what we're here to talk about. So we watched the speech and then we did a very special OK Stop where John Favreau, Tommy Vitor, Julissa Arce, and I broke down the speech. We think you're going to really like it. And you can also watch this OK Stop at youtube.com slash crooked media because, uh, you know, We're not pivoting to video, but we're not not pivoting to video. This podcast is brought to you by Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Americans United defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms and even democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. While Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs, Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception— Learn more about AU's work at au.org slash crooked. That's au.org slash crooked. Hey, everybody. It's time for a very special OK Stop here with John Favreau. Hi. Tommy Vitor. Hello. Julissa Arce. Hello. The whole Crooked family is here. Uh, Earlier tonight, the person occupying the Oval Office, a job once held by American presidents, gave his first (laughs) and ideally second to last Oval Office address. The topic was immigration and the border and Trump's efforts to manufacture a crisis in order to justify his impulsive decision to shut down the government and blackmail Congress to get $5 billion in wall funding after Republicans and Democrats in the Senate unanimously passed a spending bill without it. What did he say? To become a different person, were the network executives feckless wimps for running the speech? Mm-hmm. Let's find what out. What an exciting episode. <laughs> I love this mystery. My fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. We are out of space to hold them, and we have no way to promptly return them back home to their country. Okay, stop. Um, So. We are out of space to hold them? (laughs) (laughs) That one really stuck out of me. Uh, Julissa, what do you make of that? Okay, first of all, I would like to point out that he's giving the address from the Oval Office and behind him, presumably, are his immigrant parents. Mm. And he's speaking about keeping immigrants out. And this whole, this whole 
we're running out of room bullshit. Uh, no, they're not. Big country. Because big country. Well, and also, you know, we used to we used to, in 1994 we used to hold maybe 7,000 immigrants in detention. As of 2018, it was 38,000 immigrants that were holding in detention. And in his proposed 2019 budget, he's asking for 52,000 uh, detention beds. So this idea that we're running out of room and that's why we should build a wall is it's really idiotic because he is asking for more detention beds. Uh, Julissa, I just want to correct one thing that I believe is factually inaccurate. I'm not sure that those are a picture of his parents. I believe he got those at an old-timey <laughs> racist frame store. <laughs> it's possible. It's it's also worth noting that he started this speech by talking about immigration, making up this this crisis on the border. The fucking federal government shut down. Yeah. This is a speech he gave in primetime because the federal government is shut down. There's 800,000 people who aren't working right now. Government services aren't being delivered. And he just like he starts this whole beginning of the speech just talking about immigration. Can I can I say one thing about the people who are being affected by the yeah. by the shutdown because yes, of course, you know, like craft brewers can't like print labels for their new beer. Right. That's really affecting me personally. <laughs> Um, but the one one group of people that we're not talking about um, at all really are Native Americans yes. who are who are highly affected by this because they heavily depend on federal payments to to run very basic functions like having their clinics open and having their schools open and having their roads be available to people to drive on. So to me, I've like really want to let this set like settle in in my head that we that Native Americans are suffering over a government shutdown because Trump wants to build a wall to keep people out of the country land that we stole from them and now they're the ones suffering for it right yes. ironically they're the ones who could point right. to an immigration crisis yeah and, and, and by the way there is no crisis illegal border crossings are way down in 2000 it was 1.6 million people apprehended trying to cross the southern border in 2018 it was less than 400,000 and two-thirds uh, are people uh, of, of undocumented immigrants in the U.S. did not sneak across the border. They flew here on an airplane and then just overstayed their visa. So this is made up bullshit. Hmm. America proudly welcomes millions of lawful immigrants who enrich our society and contribute to our nation. But all Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal migration. It strains public resources and drives down jobs and wages. Among those hardest hit are African Americans and Hispanic Americans. Okay, stop. Our southern. Here we go. I mean, I could, I could have predicted. I mean, I did. I, know. I was he's... like, this is he's going to go to the race baiting, fear mongering. Uh, you know, the 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 pinning of the Latino community versus the African American community. He doesn't give a shit about our communities. All he cares about is that we think we're in competition with one another, and that we fight for the scraps. And I'm so tired of it. Like, no, this is not. This this whole speech is not about the Latino community. It's not about how do we help Latinos, how do we help uh, African Americans. It's simply about pinning our communities against each other. It's also worth remembering that there was a deal. So we're now in a shutdown because he threw a fit because of Ann Coulter and Democrats getting attention after they won the House. And he's saying he wants this $5 billion for nothing. Democrats, there was a deal on the table for him to get $25 billion for the border to just all he had to do was protect dreamers who made who did nothing wrong by coming here. And one of the reasons that he turned down that deal is because he wanted to reduce legal immigration, which right. he just claimed here right. was something <clears throat> something he really cares about. Yeah. 
orders a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. Okay, stop. Just real quick, most drugs that enter the U.S. from the southern border are in legal shipments or smuggled in passenger vehicles, so his stupid wall would do nothing to stop that. And the fentanyl comes through the mail from China, which apparently he tweeted uh, a couple of years ago. So he, yeah. he knows that too. He, like, he really needs to watch, like, uh, he really needs to listen to El Chapo, uh, the podcast. I think he'll learn a lot <laughs> from how El Chapo smuggled drugs into the country, which was not, you know, through the, through, through the, I mean, a lot of it came through like tunnels and to your point, like shipments. Yeah. So, a wall, a wall is not stopping the drugs, and we know that because that is what the DEA tells us, a government agency. the years, thousands of Americans have been brutally killed by those who illegally entered our country, and thousands more lives will be lost if we don't act right now. This is a humanitarian crisis, a crisis of the heart, and a crisis of the soul. Okay, stop. I just... Just a quick note on crisis of the heart and crisis of the soul. There is nothing Every once in a <laughs> that Donald Trump is less capable of delivering than something that's meant to evoke human empathy. Which I don't even think that was. Every once in a while, we're treated to some really awful Stephen Miller speech writing. It's, um, and that is it's a, a great example. Yeah, it is a reminder. It's like that the American the, <laughs> carnage thing. It's it sort of like an dregs, overwrought. The dregs of Republican politics. A crisis of the heart. What does that What's mean? Di- anything? I what would are you love to know about? the difference between a crisis of the heart and a crisis of the soul. What's it's the difference? Like a total eclipse of the heart. But it's just like, slightly worse. It's like, <laughs> it's like needed a few extra words. <laughs> and also, none of this is actually about human life. Like he doesn't right. care about human life. Like we've had, you know, Jacqueline, seven-year-old Guatemalan girl who died at the custody of the U.S. government. Felipe Gomez, the eight-year-old Guatemalan boy that died uh, at the hands of uh, in the custody of the US of US custody and you know not to mention that we've had 185 deaths that ICE has recognized so people who have died in their custody from 2003 to 2018 so he doesn't care about that's, human that's life. That's a humanitarian crisis exactly. that we have that we've separated how many children from their parents yeah, right. and we and we and, don't know where some of them are and so far he hasn't said anything about how do we actually process claims for asylum because if this is a humanitarian crisis and it's about people seeking asylum and we care about human life, then why aren't we talking about how do we actually process this claim so that people can come into the country legally? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's a great point because the one thing that has changed, because border crossings are at you know a, a two-decade low, but there has been an influx in people and women and children, specifically families and children, seeking asylum. Everyone agrees, except this asshole, that... Um, uh, you can build a wall across the entire border. That's not going to stop people from going to ports of entry and trying no, to claim asylum, which they're legally not. allowed to do. And the reason that there's such an influx and that we, ha- we we're all backed up is because there's not enough immigration judges to process the claims. And so, like, he has created and they're furloughed. He has they're furloughed his, because of the shutdown. He has created his own crisis on the border based on people <clears throat> seeking asylum because he's refusing to grant them asylum or even process their claims. Right of an overall approach to border security, law enforcement professionals have requested $5.7 billion for a physical barrier, 
at the request of Democrats, it will be a steel barrier rather than a concrete wall. Okay, okay stop. stop. That's just a lie. Just Democrats, di- Democrats didn't request that at all. Yeah. Look, look, we've been critical of <laughs> Chuck Schumer in the past, but Chuck Schumer did not go up to Donald Trump. It's like, I don't like concrete. I want metal. I want something made of, you know, something that combines some metals that I like. But, uh, who is that talking point convincing? What's the value of it if it were true? <sighs> what the fuck are we doing here? Why is a steel wall less than a cement wall? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, where, where did we get this? Why from? does he think that's good? Why does this motherfucker know. think that's good? <laughs> Damn, I was going to call him a motherfucker. I wanted to get one in. <laughs> what, like, it's going to uh, look, you know, these Democrats, they hate cement. Classic liberals. You know, with their with their socialism and their their dancing, their dancing New Yorkers. Fine, fine I'll give you steel. You want that, steel? I'll give you steel. You that, happy now? That Ocasio Cortez Instagram living her cement pouring activities. It's the same <laughs> shit. This barrier is absolutely critical to border security. It's also what our professionals at the border want sniffing and Trump. need. This is just common sense. The border wall would very quickly pay for itself. Okay, stop. Okay, cost- stop. <laughs> what would it pay for? The wall itself? is not getting a job. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, it won't pay for all, itself. He's right. First, he's like Mexico's going to pay for it. Then he's like it's going to pay for itself. Trump in 2020 is going to be like the aliens are going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like no. And also, you know when he's saying like, oh, we asked people and they told us that they wanted the wall. Well, guess what? There are 15 million people that live along the border. Like sometimes we talk about the border as if, as though it was this like abstract place in our minds, but there are actual real people that live there. 15 million of them. And in a recent survey, 65% of them said they definitely do not mm-hmm. want a wall. Going across their backyard. People who live along the border don't think there's a crisis and they don't want a wall. The people who think that and believe that are Fox News viewers. We just ran an election where uh, Trump's entire closing argument was another made up border crisis about this caravan. Um, And the result of that election was, aside from losing 40 seats in the House, he also lost two Republican seats along the border. And now the only uh, person who is a Republican who still holds office that has a border district is Will Hurd, who says that the reason he won his election in a tough year for Republicans is because he opposed the border wall. <laughs> so that is that is the politics of uh, the border and border walls. Right? It's also like, you know, you step back. Like, I would love you know, you go back to the campaign where Donald Trump's favorite sentence was, we're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. But if they don't, I'll shut down the government to get you to pay for it. <laughs> and then I'll say it pays for itself. Based on nothing. And I'll change it from concrete to steel if you're still upset about it. <laughs> what do you want the wall to be made out of? <laughs> huh? You want rubber? Solar panels? Yeah, rubber want, wall. Uh, what, happened, what happened to the solar panels? So, so, yeah. Solar panels on the wall. The illegal drugs exceeds $500 billion a year. Vastly more than the $5.7 billion we have requested from Congress. The what is he sniffing? Okay, so what is like that? scuba diving. Also, but like, what? what? It's not. You know that when we confiscate drugs, we don't get to turn around and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he does know I, that. You know, like, I, you know, we we, st- we get. You know, I think in his mind, he thinks that the DEA sells the cocaine at Caesars. Maybe you know? they should. <laughs> Peter, we get a fact check on that. Does the DEA sell the cocaine at Caesars? <laughs> we found a funding mechanism. He doesn't think well, so. Didn't what's his name? Ted Cruz. I hate that guy. Didn't he like uh, introduce some bill called like a Chapo, El Chapo bill? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because so he he wants like the money that we seize from El Chapo to go towards paying for the wall. Like I, I thought it was a joke, a but it's actually something he proposed. 
Hmm. ...paid for indirectly by the great new trade deal we have made with Mexico. Senator Chuck Schumer, who you will be hearing from later tonight... <laughs> okay, stop. Has I lo- <laughs> That's so funny. I, just, I love that he gives a preview of Chuck's video. Like, Welcome to the show tonight. You're going to hear from yeah. me, then you're going to hear from yeah. Chuck and Nancy. I'm headlining, yeah. but after me. And yeah. also, gonna- he doesn't even mention Nancy. He's like, you're going to oh, yeah. hear from Chuck Schumer, except, like, Nancy is in line, as you were saying yeah. earlier, to take your job, you know, if it came down to it. So. And show a little respect. You preempted Ellen's game of games. <laughs> Repeatedly supported a physical barrier in the past, along with many other Democrats. They changed their mind only after I was elected president. Okay, stop. So, yeah, who, who yeah. changed their mind here? <laughs> I mean, actually, what's interesting about it, though, is indirectly he is pointing to something that is true, which is uh, over the last, what, 15 years, we have steadily increased funding for border security. It's true under George W. Bush. It was true under Obama. There is an unprecedented amount of funding for border security, an unprecedented amount of manpower on border security. It's in part, as John mentioned, why illegal crossings are down. I mean, one of the remember when Barack Obama was trying to get a comprehensive immigration bill passed, one of the points he made over and over again is every time he tries to get a comprehensive immigration deal, Republicans come back and say we want more border security. And every time we said yes. I remember writing this speech with you in 2011 with him, and he was like, every single request they've they've asked for for border security, we've done it. And they still won't do anything about a path to citizenship. You want drones, you get drones. You want want more boots on the ground, you get boots on the ground. You want, he said, you want a a wall, you'll get a wall. Because they were were giving him money for these, they were, we have spent an incredible amount of money on this already. Trump's chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, gave up the whole thing in 2015 when he said the wall is stupid, it's not going to work, it's a thing you can sell politically. Yeah, it's it's an image. We were saying, you want you want more? We'll give you a moat. That was what yeah. that was yeah, our sorry. final. The funny right. thing about what we just <laughs> the funny thing about what we just heard though is when he said, "Oh, then they changed their mind." The person who changed his mind was Donald Trump. He yep. backed a continuing resolution that would have funded the government with no five point seven billion dollars for the border wall. Republicans passed it through the Senate, a hundred to nothing. He was all ready to go, and then Ann Coulter got mad. So here we are doing this fucking thing. And- <laughs> And, and, yeah. and like the the fact that <laughs> that Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and the rest of these douche nozzles don't have whiplash <laughs> from how quickly they switched their position. They passed it. No funding for the border wall. They they obviously would not have passed it a hundred to zero if they knew Trump was going to pitch a fit. Then he does this, demands the House does it. Of course, Paul Ryan and his uh, merry band of goons back in the uh, bad old days before the House was run by a cool old lady. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> who I love uh, went along with it and then Mitch McConnell said he won't even consider a bill without the border funding which is insane because he passed it a week ago remember a week ago anyway he's given a great address Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis and they have refused to provide our brave border agents with the tools they desperately need to protect our families and our nation. Low energy. The federal government remains shut down for one reason. It's the first time you brought the shutdown. First time. Only because Democrats will not fund border security. My administration <laughs> is, he, is, is he, doing everything is in there our not enough power oxygen in this to room? help those <laughs> impacted by the situation. But the only solution is for Democrats to pass a spending bill that defends our borders and reopens the government. This situation... Okay, stop. 
I mean, at some point as a country, we'll have to talk about the sniffing. <laughs> he only does it before major primetime addresses. I'm, look, you can go Google it. There's a guy that worked on The Apprentice who says Donald Trump uh, is putting stuff up his nose, and it's not his finger. So it's the drugs they <laughs> see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he already does talk to El Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a twist. What if he's doing this to control the market? Have you people seen Ozark? <laughs> what if this is Ozark? Spoiler. I'm not spoiling it. I don't. But, it's not actually happening in Ozark. But here's the thing, right? Like first they, they first he yelled like the reason we need a wall is because uh, rapist, and then he uh, said it's MS13, and then the caravan. And now they're screaming terrorist. And now he's mm-hmm. saying the reason the government shut down is because Democrats. But I'm just going to tell you that what it is is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Could be solved in a 45 minute meeting. Specific Some numbers. have suggested a barrier is immoral. Then why do wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside. Debatable. But because yeah, they love debatable. the people on the inside. Also debatable. The only thing that is immoral is the politicians to do nothing and continue to allow more innocent people to be so horribly okay, stop. victimized. Okay, stop. This would piss me off at this whole debate. Like, we spend all this time debating whether or not there is a crisis. We spend almost no time just reminding the world that the wall would not fix the problem even if there was a crisis. It is not a deterrent to smugglers or traffickers. It's not going to stop the demand for drugs or, or the interest uh, for people living in places with horrible political situations to come to the United States. It's a fucking waste of time and money, and it's a political symbol. And, like, I just hate how the press corps gets led down this path where we debate the crisis and the stats when it's like your solution is bullshit. Well, it's, it's not going to and it's not going to even dent the issue at the border right now, which is an influx of people trying to claim asylum. That's not the wall's not going to do anything about that. Right, because that's not like the core of the issue of why people are living or they're leaving their countries. Like we're not even addressing that at all, right? right. We're not addressing the the aid that we should be sending to those countries, we're not addressing the crisis that he did create, which is the DACA crisis, which, Mm -hmm. you know, none of us are like talking about. And I'm just going to plug it in that we have a crooked conversation coming out when we talk about the state of DACA. And we talked to to Jen Park, who's the first DACA recipient to get a Rhodes Scholarship. Um, And so like these are the things that, to your point, we need to keep bringing back into the conversation. Like what is happening to the people that are sitting in a detention? What is happening to the to the 3000 families that were separated at the border? What is happening to the people that are getting deported right now? We have more deportations. You know, we have like record number um, of deportations happening. Those are the crises that Donald Trump created. And those are the crises that Democrats need to. As people in leadership in the House now, they need to think about what are the, p- the bills that we need to pass to protect those people and to solve the crisis that that motherfucker created. Yeah. Got it in. <laughs> How much more American blood must we shed before Congress does its job? For those who refuse to compromise in the name of border security, I would ask... Imagine if it was your child, your husband, or your wife. Uh, okay, stop. Life. I actually think it's worth stopping to say, like, you can argue that, like, one of one of the biggest, that politics boils down to, like, who can you be convinced to imagine yourself being? Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump wants to talk to a tiny, a narrow sliver of older, mostly white Americans, because those are people who can't 
who find it much easier to imagine being the victim of some kind of violence, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, exaggerating the threat posed by immigrants. But of course, Donald Trump would never say, "Imagine it was you were stuck at you were coming up here from Guatemala, escaping pain and 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 and, and deprivation." That's the immigration Willie Horton had. Yeah. And that's his go-to for literally every issue. I was going to say, I mean, Daryl Lynn made this point in a thread, a Vox reporter on immigration, um, that th- his his theme, his one theme, political theme, since the day he came down that fucking escalator has been uh, immigrants are coming to kill you and your family. That's it. He did it. it that, that was the announcement speech. Mm-hmm. That was all through the campaign. American carnage. That was, that was the inaugural. That was 2018. It is literally the only political weapon he has. He has nothing to say about anything else of substance, no matter what the issue. Whenever he is in a jam, whenever he is in trouble, whenever his approval ratings sag, whenever he's in a tight election, immigrants are coming to kill you. It is all he has. Yeah. And to this sort of like point about what can we imagine, right? Like I always tell people, you know, as an, as an immigrant, like there's no, like who in this room would risk their lives, leave their family behind, leave their land behind, leave their language behind, leave their good food behind to travel 2000 miles and put their lives in danger so that we can come commit a crime or so that we can come get on welfare. Like that's not why people risk their lives to get to the United States. Which, by the way, is why the statistics are pretty clear that immigrants commit far fewer, you know, far, far less crime the native-born Americans, because exactly what you're saying, people came here to build a life. They came here to start over. And and just, we never talk, uh, we're talking about a manufactured crisis. He's calling it a humanitarian crisis. There are, there is, there is a set of policies you would pursue if you gave a shit about the people along the border. If you gave a shit about immigration, if you cared about American jobs, there'd be a different set of policies you pursued. And the, the wall has nothing to do with any of it. Let's get to the good stuff now. <laughs> was so cruelly shattered and totally broken. It's redundant. To every member of Congress, pass a bill that ends this crisis. To every citizen, call Congress and tell them to finally, after all of these decades, secure our border. Is that a Hatch Act violation? This is a choice between right and wrong, justice and injustice. This is about whether we fulfill our sacred duty to the American citizens we serve. When I took the oath of office, I swore to protect (laughs) our country. And that is what I will always do. So help me God. Thank you and good night. So help me God. I'm about to take this hoops off. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten to that point in the night. He sucks in this setting. He's so low energy. He can't read for shit. He sniffles like a weird scuba diving noise. It is awful. He's Terrible. I mean, Oval Office addresses are a waste of time anyway. We always hate them. They're, they're just weird settings that are antiquated that are from like 40 years ago. But he's really bad at them. Guys, 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 guys. Before we get to that, uh, it's time now to go to the response by the grandparents of a bride sternly watching their granddaughter marry someone they hate. I mean, that is that is a terrifying sight. What? 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 Why did they do that? Well, because uh, basically... Uh, Jack Nicholson was having trouble finishing his book, uh, and uh, he goes more and more mad, and then he is told to go to this room in the hotel, but when he's walking down the hotel, there are these two people just standing <laughs> in the hallway. I would just say, may I suggest, the next time there is a response to give from the Democrats, Chuck and Nancy, maybe like rock, scissors, paper over who gets to do it, <laughs> or, or maybe Chuck, Rochambeau. you let Nancy do it, just let Pelosi do it. She's 
third in line for the presidency Listen, and is the Speaker of the House. Maybe let her take this one. I love Pelosi. I think everyone sitting here does. But, like, there are things that uh, we just elected this really exciting young dynamic group of lawmakers. Use those people. They're great communicators. Put them out for these responses. Like, that's how you lead a party. Yeah, no, I know. I like it. And it's like, who's it going to be? I know it's tough. Just, you know, rocks, scissors, paper, pick it out of a hat. Do something. Or, or. Two people at a podium. Or. Two people at a podium has never worked for anything. No, I mean, it's, no. it's, um. It's 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 rarely attempted. Uh, it's, you know, they attempted the rare double. They're not. They're, you know, it's not a black and white cookie. You don't split it. It's just, just going to be a bad True Detective season, whatever meme. That's all that is. I, I can't mean, even. Their message make was that good. Face. It was it was a good that's, argument. It's it was a good argument. I didn't hear thing. the message because I was so uncomfortable. I think a lot of people are going to be it. stuck on the style. I it is. I would say that if you put what Donald Trump said. And you put what uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer said in front of people. There is absolutely no question in my mind that people would choose the more reasonable approach. Because forget the argument of the border. It is so sensible to say we have a disagreement about the border. It has nothing to do with FAA regulators, food safety, food stamps, uh, you know, furloughed federal employees at the fucking agriculture department. Just let them go back to work and we can argue about immigration until, uh, you know— yeah, like you leave this building. Once you looked away from uh, Schumer's terrifying gaze, you realized that he <laughs> he painted Trump into a corner by saying, "Like, look, we are happy to negotiate on border security, yep. but you've got to open the government first. Yep. Open the government, put people back to work, get government services going again, so people aren't hurting in this country, and then we'll go to the table and we can debate border security. But we're not going to do it with the government, clo- which is a good. I mean, and he's going to pass a bunch of. What, they're going to start passing individual spending bills, and Republicans are going to slowly start getting peeled off. I mean, oh, there's these, no these ang- outcome here. The Senate Republicans already, like, I saw a quote from like Shelley Moore Capito, from West Virginia Republican senator, who's just like, "We gotta, we gotta stop this. This is not gonna. Yeah, they're not a state that can't they, afford they the are, shutdown. They are not going to be able to hang on to this. And so now, the thing that we thought was going to happen tonight is like maybe he declares a national emergency, so uh, he does it on his own. He didn't do that. By the way, the networks gave him. 10 minutes here to say a bunch of lies, uh, snort a lot, say a bunch of lies, snort a lot, and offer... He may have offer, snorted more than he told lies. <laughs> <laughs> offer, yeah, that's true. That's so true. Snort, snort, that's yeah. true. That is so rare for him to do, to do to get the snort to lie ratio yeah. that high. And there was no news. There was zero news. None. Everything was old, warmed over bullshit lies yeah. that he always told before. Well, I am sure the network executives who decided to give Donald Trump this time, yeah. despite the fact that he's an obvious liar, Good and call. they were simply more afraid, more afraid of being called fake news than actually doing the right fucking thing again and again i hope they're very proud of themselves because because i hope they're very proud of themselves (laughs) i'm very i'm very glad that they did not get the ad revenue they were supposed to get from ellen game of games end of okay stop (laughs) when we come back dystopian hell As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. 
It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com.